1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is the Rob Black Show. One of the things that I want to talk about for his audience, which is slightly different than my audience, is corrections and what happens and inflation and what happens. And I kind of want to give some different perspectives. Just again, not that he's more right than me, not that I'm more right than him, not that CNBC. It's just good to get more perspectives, in my opinion. Interest rates at near 0% is something that I've been stoked about for the last 20 years. The low interest rate environment due to lack of inflation, the low interest rate environment due to a form of stimulus that our government fails to provide, so our monetary policy does it for us, has created one of the greatest bull markets potentially that I could have dreamt of. With that comes, as interest rates climb, it's going to make for more of a headwind instead of a tailwind. Low interest rates, tailwind. High interest rates, headwind. With the war in Ukraine, when you compare it to high oil prices and inflation, the upcoming midterm elections, when you compare it to scenarios of peak earnings, Monopolies around the world in tech companies having drawn the scrutiny of governments. When you look at all the list of boogeymen, I'm not all that upset by the war in Ukraine. The sanctions are kind of a different thing. For me, the ability to reshape and reshift some world policies due to sanctions is pretty aggressive what have we learned in the war in ukraine china's going to stand by and let the us russia relationship crumble and you're going to see china move in on russia and open up their fast food joints their coffee shops and try to make more relationships become more of an international economic power china's quickly learning that nato is serious for the first time in a long time, it feels NATO has a mission. And that's gonna hurt China's ability to take over Taiwan or to go after some of its old land map that it's given up through the years, which is kind of what Russia's doing. So we're learning a lot, but for me, the inflation angle where the Federal Reserve is going to take action And and please note that I'm saying the Federal Reserve taking action is the problem here, not the higher interest rates. But the Federal Reserve waiting probably a little too long to raise interest rates. Being pushed in a scenario where like, geez, I filled up my gas tank and took out a mortgage. There's financing now on a half tank of gas. There's buy now, pay later. Like The memes are just abounding. So for me, the fear is the Fed being too reactive after being too slow, not the higher interest rates. I would like to see interest rates move to 2.5%. Do you know why? Well, I could say my mom and dad, but both my mom and dad are dead. But your mom and dad, people who are in their retirement years who thought they had to save a million dollars so they can live off $25,000 a year, who thought the million was enough, but then the rules changed with higher inflation numbers. A million no, is no longer enough and low interest rates is basically implying, you can't keep your money in cash. You gotta expose it to risk, i.e. equities, whether it be real estate or stocks or bonds, something a little bit riskier than cash or cash equivalents. You, cash equivalents would be what we would refer to as US treasuries in this scenario. So for me, it's not so much the higher interest rates because I can deal with that. It's the automation of it through the Federal Reserve and the messaging that they're giving. There's a fear unknown. There's a, um, a fear that they're gonna botch it. They're gonna be too fast too soon. I know it's weird concept, right? There's a statistic out there that's incredibly stupid. Something like four of the last seven recessions or seven of the last four recessions have been predicted by the Federal Reserve. Or you can even say predicated by actions of the Federal Reserve. Like You can get kind of stupid here. And I don't want you to do that. I just want you to know that low interest rates hurt seniors because they can't keep money in a CD, certificate of deposit. Low interest rates keeps a skewing towards riskier stocks than safer bonds. It comes with a myriad of problems when you put a human mechanism in charge of raising those rates and explaining it. Some people would like to see the Federal Reserve abolished and replaced with just a system of, we'll figure it out on pricing on our own. Water finds its own level if you've ever lived in a home that could flood. Some pumps are great but they can only accomplish so much. Water finds its own level. One of the most important facets of long-term investment success is portfolio diversification. I've seen too many people hunker down in over-diversification. I've seen too many people hunker down in too few stocks. So what's the right mix Investors should avoid having any more than 3% of your portfolio in any one stock is what experts say. I feel that's unrealistic for a lot of people. So maybe change that number to 5 to 7%. But instead of doing it with 10 stocks, you do it with two. Right now, a lot of people seem to be hiding in companies like Apple where they've got a great cash flow. They've got a ton of cash. They've got a product that has a services component to it, a hardware component, a software component. That services component is attractive to Wall Street. The monthly bundles that they're selling you through TV, music, storage backup, games, fitness, that portfolio continues to grow. One of the things they'll eventually add is some sort of health monitoring solution in conjunction with their watch and maybe their their phone and maybe AirPods. The AirPods can get your good body temperature through your ear. The watch can get good heart measurements on you. Potentially the watch can get good diabetic readings on sugar levels. So down the road, they're gonna be selling a healthcare service that'll monitor your vitals. Wouldn't it be cool to have 24 seven vital monitoring? Yeah, now you're talking. So a lot of people are hiding there. So my big fear with the markets right now is the Fed becomes overzealous and over tinkers or over talks. And we don't need you to talk. We just need you to sit there and look pretty, do your job, slowly raise interest rates, do it uh, without a shock, without a lot of shock. Don't be the story. Let the interest rates do their thing. Seniors need to be cognizant of inflation. They need to be cognizant of diversification with income in their portfolios. And interest rates play a po- important part of it. For me, as I started this segment, low interest rates have created an incredible investment environment for the last 20 years. Higher interest rates will create an incredible income diversification investment environment if that's what's to be had. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is The Rob Black Show. Rising commodity prices were a big story yesterday. Slowing growth due to the war in Ukraine equals bad news for stocks, which fell yesterday. Commodities are taking a little bit of a breather today. We're We're learning more about zinc and nickel and things that go into making semiconductors. And the mines around the world are all in, not all in, but some of them happen to be in conflict zones right now. And it's got people freaked out on commodity prices, and rightfully so. Commodity prices are consumed by the producer who grabs commodities and makes things that we want when they're paying more for steel and nickel and wheat um, and oil and natural gas. And when they have to ship it and those costs come in again, it eventually gets passed on to the consumer. And consumer prices are, are tough to sustain because we buy less for more. We do less consumption overall. But you see Ukrainian city of Mariupol is in the midst of a humanitarian crisis of food, water, and medicine supplies. Don't care what you think in the world. But food, water, and medicine supplies should be essential for all people. And that's where I see just tragedy Children should be drinking out of puddles just because the dictator in Russia wants to enrich his coffers by another couple billion dollars, which I think this is all about. Russia's economy, meanwhile, is deteriorating. Fitch cut its credit rating six notches as it's getting ready to default on debt, and it's going to get worse. Interestingly, I don't know if it's worldwide chicken between Putin and Biden, but Biden seems to have gotten NATO in line. Or NATO has gotten Biden in line and Europe has gotten NATO in line or Europe has gotten Biden in line or Europe and they seem to be standing strong against Soviet aggression into new territories or territories that used to be theirs that aren't now. West is not fully united, but more so than I've seen in my lifetime. UK will fully wind down Russian oil imports by the end of the year. The EU said it will shrink its Russian gas imports by two thirds over the same time frame. Biden's not mad about it, saying that European Reluctance to Institute, the immediate ban, is understandable given their dependence on Russian oil. Do we have a Russian oil contingency plan? Do we have a plan B? And the answer is not really. So it says Germany. So that'll change in future generations. 58% of the Russian people approve of President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, while 23% oppose it. According to a poll taken by independent survey research organizations last week. The result is flipped for younger people age 18 to 24. 39% opposed, 29% are for. You know, when you hear those silly phrases like, I believe the children are our future, politically speaking, they can be, as long as they keep getting out and voting. But in Russia, voting's not that important now, is it? Lulu Lemon. Uh, And I say that because I find their exercise athleisure clothes to be kind of sexy and French. Uh Um, They're getting into footwear. This is an interesting move for them. Their first pair of women's running shoes are going to be available March 22. It's going to go for $148. It's just going to be running shoes. They're not going to be cowboy boots that look like running shoes. They're just going to be running shoes. More men are rocking a Women still account for 69% of the revenue, though. I find that interesting. Elon Musk yesterday asked a judge to throw out a settlement Tesla reached with the SEC in 2018 that requires him to get some tweets pre-approved. I'm sorry, Elon, but if you're going to be a CEO, there's kind of a structure in place that... You got to be careful on who you're hyping, because if you hype, you could hurt. And if you hurt a grandmother, we in the United States care. And the rules are in, in place for that. I I want to be, I have a chief compliance officer at EP Wealth, who is my frenemy. Like he is on me. He's like, oh, you can't say that on air. Oh, you could say that, but you can't say that. Oh, you could say it like this, but you can't say it like that. Um, having structure in place when you're dealing with large sums of other people's money, I think is important. And the fact that it looks like he took out some options right before he did that Twitter poll of should I sell shares, he had already started converting his options. He didn't care what you thought. He wanted to use you to get the the price like jiggling. That, that that's that's fraud. He he enriched himself and his brother. He needs to back off this Twitter thing or. Tesla's going to lose their
0: CEO.
1: Seattle quarterback Russell Wilson is reportedly being traded to the Denver Broncos right after Aaron Rodgers said he'll return to the Green Bay Packers for just $200 million over four years. Boy, if you can throw a football 40 yards into a bucket, you can make a lot of money. And if you can't, you can make a lot of money as a backup. Anyhow, how will the war in Ukraine affect your finances? Geopolitical events have shaped history and economies in the past. I think it's worth catching on and trying to put um, some understanding in your portfolio. One of the books that I started rereading for the first time in a long time is The Marrow Thieves. By Sherri Demeline, Indigenous people of North America are being hunted and harvested for their bone marrow. I love dystopian stories. Putin's kind of a dystopian story, if you ask me. But I digress. Eight hundred five one six twelve twenty to get your calls on the air. Apple has some new gadgets on the way, but the most important thing that I saw yesterday was not the new gadgets. The iPhone SE 3 is nice. It's a really robust phone, but at $450, I kind of wish it was more like $250 because the world needs now are some cheap alternatives to Google handsets. A new iPad Air starting at $600. It runs on the M1 processor. The iPad Pro does. 60% faster than the 2020 version. It came out with a Mac Studio Mac which is $2,000 to $4,000. They've introduced an Alpine green phone for the iPhone 13. But They also got into Friday night baseball starting this year. That was the one that got me and said, interesting. One minute. Live sports, Amazon's into live sports with NFL football and some premier league soccer. You're going to see Apple and Amazon and I think Netflix down the road continually go after sports. Now, Netflix is trying something where they're going after like documentaries of baseball or documentaries of football that will help, you know, get you more excited about the upcoming seasons. Documentaries about, you know, Formula One. You're going to see those three, the big three. And I think Google in there too, really compete for uh, sports packages in the future. And they're well positioned because they have a treasure chest of cash. More so than the old traditional networks do. A brother sister a crypto mining operation has been charging a $124 million scheme. Tell me to be careful out there. Robert Kiyosaki could be the dumbest man on the planet. He talked about crypto being sieged by the U.S. government. Crypto experts are quick to say, that can't happen, Kiyosaki. You're a fool. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Find us at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com.
0: A personal financial plan with custom investment advice. That's why Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP services were built with you in mind. How can they help you? Find out at robblackshow.com, robblackshow.com. It's an interesting world we live in.
1: One of the headlines that made me kind of like just go, yep, Elon Musk, King Electric Cars is calling on more oil. Kind of like it. It's not what you would have expected in headlines. Let's bring on briefing.com to talk about headline news, economic news, world news, stock market news, and much, much more. Patrick O'Hare, good day. What's the state of the market in your mind these days?
2: Hey, good morning, uh, Rob. Good morning. Uh, well, this, the state of the market is uh, unsettled, uh, and notwithstanding what we're seeing uh, today's in today's action, you have a nice strong rally going on right now. But um, you know, it's hard to to, to say that the, the market is uh, feeling altogether confident uh, at this stage that this type of rally can be sustained when there's still a lot of uh, open-ended uh, questions related to the Russia-Ukraine situation.
1: Yeah, the sustainability of the rebounds um, seems to be in question on Wall Street. Um, you brought it up. Let's talk a little bit more about that. A failure to hit, uh, a failure to hold, a failure to gain, a failure to build upon. Psychologically, is that more important? Or or maybe talk about the psychology of it being important to, to rally um versus waiting for the ukraine situation to end do you see where i'm trying to get out here because psychologically i don't i don't even know if i'm going to invest in watching the markets until putin steps down or something breaks in the news front there
2: yeah you know what what the market is uh you know was witnessing even before this russia ukraine situation uh Unfolded was really just a, a lack of uh, uh, conviction in, in buy the dip efforts, or I should say that that buy the dip approach wasn't meeting with the same success as it did, you know, last year. Instead, you were seeing uh, an inclination to sell into strength, uh, and you were also seeing, you know, clear multiple compressions uh, because the market was was initially preoccupied with the thought of the Fed raising interest rates in 2022 and that ultimately uh, crimping economic growth and earnings prospects. Uh, but then you layer it on top of that, the Russia-Ukraine situation, which has obviously driven commodity prices sharply higher and, and has made the job uh, the Fed's job all the more complicated in terms of trying to get inflation under control. And so you still have uh, plenty of doubts about the achievability of earnings growth estimates in 2022 uh, and this uh, massive volatility we keep seeing largely with a downside bias though to this point, I think reflects, uh, the, uh, growing concern that, you know, earnings estimates are going to need to be com- come down further, uh, and, and just, uh, an, appre- an appreciation for the idea that, you know, valuations do matter and we got carried away frankly last year and we're seeing that reset now for a, uh, global economic environment. That's going to be uh, featuring slower growth, um, higher inflation, and uh, and presumably higher interest rates to, to deal with that higher inflation.
1: One of the monologues I threw out there before you came on today was that I don't fear the higher interest rates. I don't fear the inflation. I fear the Fed kind of miscommunicating it and maybe looking jolty in the process like the human mechanism of the higher interest rates seems to spook the market more so than the higher interest rates because we've lived in higher interest rate environments we've lived in inflationary environments um but this time we just seem like jerome's gonna mess it up (laughs) do you know like we have a best friend from elementary school called jerome and jerome always messes it up do you sense there's some angst going on right now that we don't trust the human element of the monetary policy
2: uh, yes, and to okay. be brief there, um, the, I think we maybe all have reason to be, to be a little scared right now because, uh, I mean, the Fed missed this, you know, um, you know, we're looking at seven and a half percent inflation year over year. Uh, when we get the consumer price index tomorrow, it's likely to be pushing closer to eight percent year over year. Uh, and the Fed did, the Fed was still buying Treasury securities, you know, a few weeks ago, and the Fed funds rate's still at the zero bound, and um, and they've, they've done nothing yet. And I think that that's really kind of one of the, the main points of preoccupation here is that the Fed has done nothing yet, and yet the stock market is down 10.5% year to date. Uh, some, you know, NASDAQ's down even more, but and then a number of individual stocks are down, you know, much more than that uh and you know the market i think is you know not pricing in the idea uh that the fed has got to get its act together in terms of catching up to this inflation curve and that's just ultimately going to create a headwind here for for economic growth and uh, and earnings growth as as we've already discussed so there's not a lot of confidence right now you know paying a premium for every dollar of earnings when Every dollar of earnings is uh, very – looks like it's becoming increasingly uncertain right now in terms of the achievability factor uh, as we roll through 2022 when interest rates should be higher, uh, when you're still going to see inflation issues, uh, and when you still have, uh, you know, the real wages basically negative and consumers being forced to spend out of savings if they want to maintain the lifestyle that they were maintaining – in 2021, when they also were flush with fiscal stimulus cash, and that's that's gone away. So it's going to be a challenging uh, economic period, we think, you know, uh, going forward here, and uh, and that's why we think that the market is going to continue to, you know, have its doubts about uh, the um, the achievability or the sustainability of these types of rallies like we're seeing today.
1: It's been a rough two and a half months. I continually remind people because I'm on the consumer side. I'm on the retail side of investing. I would refer to it as I'm trying to teach people how to accumulate wealth. And one of the things that I say is, yeah, year to date, we're down 15% in the NASDAQ. So another three months like this, and we'll be at at, at 25%, we'll be down 75%. Like people forget that this isn't going to go on forever, that we're not going to go to zero, that there's still some value in the stock market, no matter what happens, minus a nuclear bomb. Um, but two and a half months is starting to wear on the psychology of some people. Are you seeing anyone quit yet? Are you seeing anyone get frustrated and go, yes, my 401k was an all-time high 90 days ago, but 75 days later, I feel poor. Are you seeing anyone throw in the towel? Uh,
2: I, I think there, there's some element to that. But uh, you know, I would okay. also you know add to that mix something to take into account here. Even though we've had such a tough start to the year over the last 12 months, uh, you know, the S&P 500 is still up 10%. The, uh, you know, NASDAQ's up, uh, you know, close to, uh, um, is also up, you know, on a year over year basis. Um, so, you know, it, it's not, we're, we're having a reset here. I think really what, you know, and we've talked about this in prior weeks, I think is that what, what everyone has to acknowledge is, is, 2021 was an aberration, really. Uh, we got into, you know, some bubble-like tendencies, really, with a lot of stocks that were trading at ridiculous price-to-sales multiples. Uh, everything was thematic. Uh, people were buying a story versus, you know, actual fundamental uh, earnings. And, and and this happens. You get this reset here where you kind of get grounded in reality again about, you know, what's a you know, truly good fundamental backdrop. And, uh, while things, you know, are definitely tough to digest here because stocks go down a lot faster than they go up typically, um, you know, it hurts because last year created a sense of invincibility for a lot of new investors, uh, and, and they're, you know, have been taught a, a tough lesson here in the early part of 2022. Uh, and I think that, you know, some of those newer investors are the ones you might be referring to is, is that, you know, they, they just said enough, um, and I can't stomach this type of, Uh, volatility and perhaps I wasn't as smart as I thought I was and I'm done losing money and I'll go do something else.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing that in names like Stitch Fix, which is one of those very stylish, very avant-garde, very edgy kind of companies that they're below their IPO price. They they send clothes to my wife. My wife has a subscription with them and they're incredibly sexy and I love it. But do we need that as a society? So we're looking at, at companies that are highly valued and say let's lower their value and we're looking at companies that are fairly valued and say let's lower their value and we're looking at companies that are value valued and we're saying let's give them a little bit of a premium right now it's just kind of a reweighting in my world but let's talk about you what else are you seeing in this world of investing at this point in time that you think we should bring our attention to because there's so much going on
2: well you know everyone of course is, has plowed in well i shouldn't say everyone a lot of people you know have plowed into the commodity face, right? Um, you know, have mm-hmm. the energy sector. There's one sector up this year. It's the energy sector. It's up 36% year to date. Um, so, and bad and as troubling as it's been for these other areas of the market, it's just been a phenomenal start for the energy sector. And, you know, one of the things I think we need to be on guard for, though, is, is you know, there should there's going to be demand destruction uh, created by these higher commodity prices. I mean, it's palpable now uh, in terms of you know, gas prices uh, and people paying closer attention to what they're paying at the pump and, and how it's forcing them to rethink where they're going to use their discretionary dollars and, and how they're going to spend that money. Um, so, you know, I think the energy sector is one area that perhaps is, is due to cool off here um, based on the concerns about demand destruction. Now, that could, um, um, you know, be a little bit yet, as this Russia-Ukraine situation still is unfolding, and uh, and we might see you know energy prices continue to stay elevated. But you know we're, we're hitting that point when you see average gas prices uh, up over four dollars a gallon, and I think in your part of the world, I think they're over five dollars a gallon. Um, you know. It, it, it catches people's attention and, and people are just going to pull back on spending. And, and uh, but that's an area there though. The, I think there's uh-huh. been a lot of concentration risk now in the commodity space because of what's happened there, that we have to be careful about uh, allocating a lot of new money there at this juncture.
1: Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news on economy, stock markets, and much, much more. I've used them for 20 plus years. It's all that. Solid briefing.com. I'm Rob Black.
2: Resources to help you manage your money. Visit Rob Black That's Rob Black
1: One of the complaints on Netflix, let's see if I'll let you think of it yourself. I'm Rob Blackson in for CFP Chad Burton. I'm more of a business models kind of radio show. Chad's more of a financial planning model. And maybe, but maybe we're both in fashion models. I don't know. If you look at my sense of fashion, I apparently don't have any other than jeans. Diesel jeans are my thing, I guess, or something along those lines. And uh, Nike shoes. But if you look at the business models, what is Netflix missing? And to me, it's it's obvious. Live sports. And then you get into streaming and you start thinking about all the streaming players, right? And when you start thinking about the streaming players, you start thinking about like Roku and Google. Remember the Google dongle for Google TV? And then you think a YouTube TV is a replacement for cable TV, but it's kind of gotten expensive as well so replacement or sideways step with better technology the olympics on roku were way better than the olympics on comcast because they figured out how to like and youtube tv kind of figured out how to like store the events that you wanted to watch without telling you who won and i only bring that up because we're talking live sports this segment Netflix has halted operations in Russia. Um, Okay, that's fine. Netflix is showing some relative strength around the $400 mark. Netflix is embracing video games. They've started uh, doing some live television from some anime. They've started doing some live actors from like video games like Bioshock's gonna be made into a film. Take-Two, fantastic intellectual property. Remember playing that playing that game through and going, wow. So Disney has sports with ESPN. Netflix does not have sports. And I'm not saying this is a worst-case scenario in any way, shape, or form for Netflix. Because I think Netflix has kind of this international thing going on that's way better than what Apple or Apple's got high quality for their their television product. Roku's got ease accessibility. Uh, Netflix has got international shows, which I think are a strength because to develop a show internationally in Germany costs way less than it does in the United States. To get a hit show out of Spain will cost you 10% of what it would out of the United States. So they're doing the right things there. But Apple yesterday had kind of their peak performance virtual event. And they announced its latest version of a low-cost iPhone SE starting at $429. People wanted it around $250. So they're staying premium pricing, but it's their their cheapest phone yet with the most amount of power. And it's 5G-oriented. It's going to use the same A15 Bionic chip used in the company's flagship iPhone 13. The new phone starts at 429 pre-orders are on friday shipments beginning march 18th but that wasn't the surprise a new monitor that has a 179 cable was a little bit of a surprise only in the sense that isn't that fantastic that apple is able to sell a monitor where you get a free cable that's one meter long but if you want a meter and a half it's Hundred and eighty dollars for a cable. Bring back Radio Shack. But with the big surprise out of Apple yesterday, in my opinion, was live sports. They're gonna. They've agreed to a Friday night baseball package. Okay, it's coming to Apple TV. Yeah, uh, service will offer two games each Friday in eight countries, including the United States and Canada, starting this year. The games will be free of local broadcast restrictions. The company also added new versions of the iPhone 13 with green cases. Ooh, green cases. No, no, let's focus on this TV thing for a second. How much do you think Apple had to pay to get the the billionaire greedy owners of Major League Baseball to open their wallets? Or not to open their wallets, but to open up their content to be put on a, a revolutionary device. Who cares? Apple has that kind of money. When we see NBC Comcast bid billions on the Olympics and then see ratings down 40, 50%. You go, know, man, I feel bad for Comcast, uh, NBC there, you know, like that's, that's tough. But when you see that Apple can flip 1% of their cash at Major League Baseball and say, wow, we're going to give it a try. Let's see if it sells more Apple TV plus services. Let's see if it sells again. What, who are they going for? All their TV shows are mature. Baseball is not for the young. It doesn't. The baseball doesn't have exploding baseballs or step on home plate and blow up the right field. Like there's no nothing to keep young people's attention. So I'm going to find that one interesting because Amazon's got Thursday night football, Apple's got Friday night baseball. Do you see something happening here? Thursday night, Friday night. It is widely rumored that both Amazon and Apple are bidding for the Sunday NFL ticket package. Um, And it makes sense. YouTube TV makes total sense. They already sell an extra add-on to YouTube TV for $10 for sports. Throw in an extra three bucks and get the NFL Sunday primetime ticket or prime ticket or whatever it is. The Red Zone, whatever DirecTV can no longer afford Apple, Amazon, and Google can for the long haul. This is one area where Netflix has cash, but they don't have the hardware or the software to fall back on that, you know, Apple could say, well, we're just selling more phones this way. We're selling more TVs this way. We're, we're selling more streaming devices. We, we can make it up over here if we lose it over there. Interesting, right? So it's kind of a weakness of Netflix. For the record, I think Netflix is incredibly strong, incredibly powerful. I think if I had to pick between YouTube and Netflix, I'm picking YouTube. Cheaper cost structure. Lots of eyeballs, both of them. Subscriptions, yep. Netflix better at subscriptions than YouTube TV, for sure, for now. But YouTube TV's got that Google thing where they could start saying, okay, we're going to throw in unlimited storage. We're going to throw in unlimited photos. We're going to throw in music as well. And then Netflix is like, "We don't. well, we don't have music. Google does. So they're all kind of converging on each other's space and they're all trying to stack vertically on offerings. Um, what's interesting to note about it is YouTube TV has a great search component tied into it. And Apple, they're waiting to turn on the search business model for Wall Street to go, oh, I'm not impressed. And then it's going to add another trillion dollars in market cap when they turn on, turn on their search. Give or take a couple hundred billion, okay? I'm not talking serious numbers here. I'm talking uh, napkin numbers, okay? But when Apple turns on their search, and like they, everything starts getting integrated, they also have a payment ser- service, where, hey, we just found this item for you. Do you want to go ahead and order it? I'm surprised someone hasn't picked up. uh, No, I'm not surprised. There'll come a time when, as Amazon has created their own delivery services, other companies will create their own delivery services. The vertical integration is the fascinating thing to watch with these tech companies at this point in time. Where does Apple fall in the much anticipated arrival of virtual and augmented reality glasses? Didn't learn anything yesterday. We're not going to learn that until the uh, Worldwide uh, Developers Conference, where the app developers and the software developers get code for what's coming in the fall. They get swag bags. They can develop their cool apps for cool new devices. Apple Car still seems like a long way off. Apple generally uses the Worldwide Developers Conference in June for major software releases. The buzz yesterday was generally low-key, although if you're a Mac enthusiast, you kind of got into the new Mac Studio Mac, which is a high-powered version of the old Mac Mini. Studios are priced at $1,999. It's going to be fantastic for video and audio processing, but if you want to spend an extra $2,000, you'll get an M1 Ultra chip. We've got a studio display that's 27 inches, I think, um, $1,600. Um, but their semiconductors also powering more and more devices and saying bye-bye-bye to Intel. Good for Apple. They got into semiconductors and they did it well. We didn't think they could. They did. When will they get into sports? They're getting into sports with baseball. Apple TV just got a little bit more serious. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show.